Welcome to the journey with Mpo Podcast, a sacred space for healing, love, and rediscovering your life purpose. Introducing your host, Mpo. Welcome to yet another episode of Journey with Mpo. Thank you so much for tuning in. While we're on this topic, please follow us on Podbean, Spotify, and Instagram at Journey with Mpo. Visit the journeywithmpo.com website. I would love to hear your thoughts. Please feel free to review and rate this podcast. There's always room for improvement. This episode is proudly brought to you by the Poetry Bodega, an organization which Z and myself are family members of. Also, this episode is particularly special because on June 14th, Z and I will be hosting Poetry Bodega's open mic event at the Good Vibes Center in Chinatown, Honolulu from 8pm to 11pm. Events of a similar nature are hosted by our Poetry Bodega family at the same place, Good Vibes Center, and same time, 8 to 11pm every second and fourth Friday of the month. As our journey unfolds into episodes, I'll be sharing interesting facts about the birth of this show and how production ideas come about. The sacred platform is the breath of my ancestors, hence the clan welcome at the beginning of every show expressed by my mother, Mutsabi. The Makhulukwe praise is in one of the 11 official South African languages, Sesotho. The praise is dedicated to Bahamuloi, the people of my tribe. My name is Mpo, a Sisutu name meaning gift. Gift because my family destined me for greatness, to be first generation to break away from generational curses, first to graduate college, Mpo, like something delicious, like mama knew I would land on a poetry stage and these lips would whisper sweet little everythings and this body would sway to nothing but the music in my head. My name is Zarki, not Zachary, not Zazu, Zarki, like car key. But when you say it wrong, it's like opening the door to a station wagon when you own a Bentley. Like the 14 Z names in my family isn't the only tradition that we have, but just a bumbling mistake on your tongue you couldn't even be bothered to correct. My homeroom teacher all year called me Zarkai. Autocorrect calls me Marquise. It calls me Memphis. But I guess it's better than, how do you spell it? I'm sorry, what? Nicole? Mpo. Ampo? Mpo. Impo? Mpo. And when you read my name, it's like Zarku. Zarki. Zarqui. Zarki. Zakari. Zarki. Our All names are caught, caught up in our identity. identity. How, How you, you say them grounds us or breaks our grounds. When you butcher someone's name, you butcher their identity, the core of their being. You displace them. Tell them your tongue cannot afford to give them a belonging. Your mispronunciation loudly says, this is not your home. Your I'll just call you is another way of saying this place will never be home for you. Your name is the first gift given to you on this earth. One of the few things that are free. An adornment engraved on your humanity. Butchering it is cutting away at my sanity. Like how dare I have a name that starts where the alphabet ends? How dare I make you take a second look at the letters that make up my uniqueness? How dare my family try to carve our own paths through a field of last names given to us by slave masters? Our, our names, names are caught, caught up in our identity. identity. How, how you, you say them grounds us or breaks our grounds. Do you have another name? Like, the one I just gave you isn't good enough. Like, you'll have regular milk instead of chocolate milk. Four letters, mm, po, but you're here, pretending like the water I just gave you is bland and you would rather have something else. Where Mercedes has three E's all pronounced differently. No problem with that. People read 
Q-U-I-N-O-A, Quinoa. But for some reason, the Q-U-I in my name is Qui. I went by my middle name in middle school, trying to find middle ground to a crowd, trying to throw my truth in a little pile. Learning someone's name is the most basic step, showing them that you care about them on a human level. And, and so, so we, we yield. Have, have your land. land. Forgive my ancestors. They didn't know any better. Just call me Z. Just call me Makana. Like I'm apologizing for my grandfather's thoughtlessness when he chose to name me Mpo after his late sister. Like I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. He couldn't whitewash my name for the ease of your tongue. We're, We're sorry. sorry. Like it is us who are at fault for presenting you with names so tongue twisting. Our, Our names, names are caught up in our identity. identity. How, How you, you say them grounds us or breaks our grounds. We're coming up on one of the most exciting parts of the show. We're interviewing my favorite recent human on the planet. One of my friends, um, colleagues, if you will have it, poetry family. His name is Zarki, and it's important that you pronounce this name correctly because mm. <laughs> it means everything. Mm. You know, our names ground us, our names introduce us way before we can let you know our life story. And so, hi, it's good to finally have you here. Hello, that was a very good introduction. <laughs> I very much agree with that. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Okay, so first question, let's get right into it. Mm -hmm. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seriously, what's your favorite meal? Breakfast, lunch, what is your favorite meal currently? I love me a good hamburger. Okay. Um, I go to every place that I go to. I don't care if it's fancy or if it's crappy. I'm getting a hamburger and I'm judging you very much on how your hamburger is. <laughs> So that is my thing. Favorite hamburgers right now comes from Teddy's. Teddy's has the best hamburgers. Do you have bacon with your hamburger? Oh my you god! Just... If it's not a hamburger, if it does not have bacon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So hamburger, mm -hmm. very different. Any special drink you like to have? I drink water. Water is the most important meal of the day. I can live with that. <laughs> yeah. That's very interesting. So what do you love about this you in the now? Obviously, when we, as we grow and we age, there's different versions of us that come up. Mm -hmm. So this now, however old you are, we won't sell you out on that. <laughs> old enough. <laughs> You're old enough to be yeah. doing this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, huh, well, being from where I'm from, I'm from Baltimore and, mm -hmm. uh, it can be a place where people feel as though they have to project this persona of themselves to mm -hmm. keep people from messing with them or, you know, trying to take advantage of them in mm -hmm. some way. Mm -hmm. And so the best thing that I like about my current self is that I don't take things too seriously. Um, I just try so much to just give out positive energy mm -hmm. and um, I feel like I can be truly myself mm -hmm. without mm -hmm. having to have this persona of me coming off to people whom I don't know, you know, because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we, we spend so much of our lives trying to impress people whom we don't know. You know, or like, even like, or like, you know, yeah. and it's like you see people every day and you'll dress up and you'll say things in a certain way. And it's like you you don't even realize, like, I'm trying to impress these people whom I probably will never see again in my life. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. why am I not living my life for myself? You mm -hmm, know, so mm -hmm. I feel like on a journey that I'm on now, I live a lot more for myself and my own happiness mm -hmm. rather than trying to. Um, impress other people. Do you think you were able to achieve that by leaving your upbringing environment and coming into a new environment being Hawaii? Or do you think you were able to achieve that as a matter of age and just growing up? Um, I feel as though I had to leave Baltimore okay. in order to find this person who I am now because there's so many people that I know that are still there and that I know personally 
that are not the person who they project out to the world, but mm -hmm. that's the person that they have to be. Mm -hmm. um, one line that I say in one of my poems is that a fish doesn't know it lives in water until you take it out. Yeah. So you only know who you are in the context of where you are, okay, you know? Okay. And so when I was able to leave that space, I was able to really see who I am out of the context of being in that place. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I feel like most people um, getting out of your hometown will help you astronomically. Okay, okay. Even if you have to go back afterwards, you know, yeah. leaving there and getting to know yourself out of that context will definitely expose you to a person that you probably didn't even know existed yeah, yeah. or you knew it was there, but you just could not really connect with that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to leave home is what I'm saying. <laughs> so you've been out for about what? Out of Baltimore for five about years. five years. Five years, yeah. Do you ever see yourself going back? <sighs> so <laughs> this is something that I've been gripping with lately actually um i went back recently um i just came back was the last week or mm -hmm. two weeks ago mm -hmm. and um i went back and um before i left i was never into poetry or anything like that and so i didn't even know the poetry scene existed there mm -hmm. and so i went back and i was able to meet like black chakra and mm -hmm. and and all of these just talented creative black people you mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. and like baltimore has this really messed up um reputation of being this violent place where you're gonna get robbed you're gonna get mm -hmm. murdered and stuff like that but it's like i feel like i saw a whole new side mm -hmm. of my hometown yeah. that i that i can resonate with because mm -hmm. i i found that here mm -hmm. and to find that where i come from was really big for me so um, I have been thinking lately about going back and mm -hmm. trying to get into that scene, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. um, the logistics of moving from Hawaii is is difficult. So, um, yeah. So, so right now I'm kind of in limbo. But yes, I definitely have thought about moving back to Baltimore, and it's something that I'm thinking about. Do you often, when you think about moving, do you think about how it might risk your trying to go back to your old self you know um, old places bring our old self again um, you know do you, do you think there's a connection between your old self and that place or do you think you could take what you've become in hawaii and use it in that space wow that's a very good question <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't prepared for that one. <laughs> um yes um actually I do think that there is an aspect of moving back home and getting back into old habits. Mm -hmm. I ran into that the first time I went back to Baltimore after mm -hmm. four years. Mm -hmm. I went right back into the old stuff that I used to do. Mm -hmm. um, this time, I didn't do it as much. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's really about the people you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. And so you go back to, these, to the place that, where you come from. And you go back to the same people that you grew up around. Mm -hmm. And if they're doing the same old things that they were doing, yeah. they can really drag you into doing the same things that you used to do. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I was thinking about is if I do go back um, mm -hmm. into this poetry scene that I found, I would have to immerse myself in that and not into these people who all they want to do is go to the bar and go to the club and mm -hmm. and drink and smoke all day and not do anything you know yeah. so um there is a fear of going back to my old self but you know um your mind is the most powerful thing about you you know so okay. if you can make up your mind that you're not gonna do it yeah. then manifest that into the universe then yeah. there's i mean then you're not gonna do it you know yeah. so all you really have to do is focus on it and and let it happen you know that's beautiful that's really beautiful i i hear universe i hear you know <laughs> manifestation mm -hmm. and those are like my favorite words to bounce back to mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. tell me about your most favorite place in the world you know i know this may sound like a silly question but as adults mm -hmm we forget the magic in our lives. Mm -hmm. That is our ability to continuously redirect and change our cause of life. Mm. If you were to 
place it may have been a place that you've never been to before a place you've been to before but when you think about your most favorite place in the world what does it look like oh that's, you are you are really good at this oh my god <laughs> the questions are just good I'm okay um, <laughs> um favorite place in the world okay i would say this favorite place that i have been um i love the dragon upstairs Okay. Because that is the first place I've ever done poetry. That's okay. where I met most of you guys. Yes. Um, and and when you go there, it's one of the few public places that I go where I just feel at home. You okay. know, okay. like being here, being a transplant to Hawaii. You uh, you oftentimes you're not surrounded by people that you know. You're mm -hmm. like the only person surrounded by people, and you feel mm -hmm. alone even if you're surrounded by people. Yes, yes. And in that place, I feel like I've always know someone around me, mm -hmm. and everybody's just there, and they're being creative, and they're sharing their stories, mm -hmm. and it's just mm -hmm. a really good place to be. Um, a place that I've never been, but I would love to go, and I think it would be one of my favorite places, is Egypt, because, oh my God, um, I'm going to tell you and all of your listeners, <laughs> the original Egyptians were black people, okay? Yes. And I will say it until I die. <laughs> and so to go to Egypt to see these things, these awesome, just amazing things that these black people have done mm -hmm. that people these days the can't pyramids. comprehend. Yeah, yeah, the pyramids and the, 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 the hieroglyphs and, and all of these things that these black yeah. people have done. Um, that people till this day will even attribute to aliens because they can't figure out how these people did these things. Yeah, yeah. It would be so amazing to go to this place and see it with my own eyes. Yeah. To see all of these things that were built thousands of years ago that still exist, you know? Yeah. And I, I think that if I was to go there, I would, you know, that would be my new favorite place. <laughs> you know? Egypt. Yes, yes, yes. Let's bring it back to poetry a little mm -hmm. bit here. What would you say is your truth? You know, as artists, I think we write for a reason. Why do you think you write? What do you think is your purpose for writing? What is your truth? What do you intend on achieving? You know, mm -hmm. same question, just mm -hmm. different ways. Oh, yeah, that's, that's okay. <laughs> um, my truth, my main thing that I... so. When I started writing poetry, I never thought that I would perform in any way. Um, okay. Most That's of us, yeah. Well, most <laughs> most of us that do that write, um, we really write from a place of therapy. You mm. know, we we, just, we have these head, things in our head. We got to get it out into the world mm -hmm. to at least just make us feel better. You know, mm -hmm. and so I found that learning more about the history of Black people pre-slavery mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um really hit me in a way to where as though it's like i watched a documentary hidden colors and i noticed that i've never learned most of these things that they said so okay. i'm like if these things are true how much other things are true that we do not know yeah. about who we are because mm -hmm. us as as black people in america um they the first thing that they teach us about ourselves is that we were enslaved okay and that is that really does something to your self-esteem you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. and so when i started finding out that oh pre transatlantic slave trade mm -hmm. our people were over there having empires and they were influencing human history and they took a lot of uh, culture over to europe which was eventually stolen and mm -hmm. made their own but um when i started learning that stuff i wrote my first spoken word piece and it was uh black history okay. and it was about the things that our people have done that nobody knows about yeah. and so i find that me trying to write poetry it comes back to me trying to pass on the knowledge that i've gained about my people to people who um to other black people who don't know mm -hmm. these things mm -hmm. and to other people who would never even think that that these things are true you know yeah. and then um um uh, another piece that i have is um i'm not a criminal and it's like moving to hawaii being a black man that's not military 
um, they look at me certain ways, you know. I get people that walk across the street when I walk past or people that don't want to sit next to me on the bus and just even at my job, like, people will clutch their purse when I walk by and it's like, but all they know is the perception of black men because there's not a lot of us here. So all they know is the perception of that they have of us. So I really want to just, you know, try to get people to think outside of their box, you know, think that um, everybody's not the same. Everything that I've learned may not be true or just have truth. So really what I want to do is expand people's knowledge on things that they think that they know about already. So that's really what my goal has turned into. It started off as therapy. Now it's like I'm trying to teach people some stuff, you know. So that's that's why I write. What do you think creates the box and, and I mean you may not have the answer for this I've been trying to figure it out there, mm-hmm. there seems to be a tendency for people to be in boxes will it be a religious box a metaphorical box a you know educational box a status this is who I am this is how much I make box what what do you think creates those boxes do, do you think it's a safety net for people do you Mm. Do people want to feel safe in their boxes? Um, yeah, I think um, all of those things that you just said um, play a factor in it, play a role in it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, especially religion. That is like one of the main ones that um, create boxes. It's like this is the the word of God. So this is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then that creates this box. Whereas though, if you do things outside of that, then you're wrong. Yeah. Then you li- your life is wrong, yeah. you know? And, and then, you know, you throw in societal norms, gender roles, um, stuff like that. Whereas though everybody is out here trying to live how they support, how they think they're supposed to, instead of just living their truth you know Mm -hmm. and so i think like all of those things like you said like like religion gender norms uh, societal norms all of those create a box Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and most people just think like this is normal and then everything else is not normal you know and it's it's a shame that people will go their whole lives without even knowing that they're in a box they don't even see the box you know, That's very powerful. It doesn't even exist to people. So it's really um, it's really a thing for us as poets and people as writers and, and musicians and mm-hmm. directors to try to challenge that box. Okay. Push yeah. that box outward, you know, yes. so that people could even realize that they're in it in the first place, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. That's and to the people who never realized that the box is there or will mm-hmm. argue that there is no box mm-hmm. at all. What do we say to those people? Mm. The best the best thing that I have gotten from that is to ask people questions. Mm-hmm. Ask them why? Why do you believe these things? And and they'll, they'll tell you and be like, "Who told you that?" Mm-hmm. Um, where did they they get that from? I feel mm-hmm. as though the more that you ask people questions and let them answer it, the more that they'll start critically thinking about the ways that they think in the first place, you know? Like, um, like I mean, I'm a supervisor at my job, so mm-hmm. my goal is to get people to critically think about the things that they're doing so mm-hmm. that they don't get hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask more questions than I will give answers to. Mm-hmm. So if they can really start thinking and saying things out loud, like, you know, uh, why did you do this? Oh, I did it because of this. Well, why did you do it because of that? And then they'll get to the root of the problem. So, mm-hmm. um, especially with these uh, constructs that we have on mm-hmm. ourselves, if you start asking why more and more and more, mm-hmm. I feel as though you'll get to that answer. So, I really think that the key to getting people out of the box is just asking them about just don't even ask them about the box just ask them a few (laughs) questions that'll lead up to it and then let them think about it themselves and Mm -hmm. then they'll really realize wow i've been this box this whole time where did this box come from about how long have i been here you know that's i I think that that's that's a way to get to it
Oh man, these are serious adult conversations. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. Check out our website at journeywithumpo.com. Something tells me there's pictures from this interview on the website. Don't take my word for it. Check us out on Instagram at journeywithumpo. Also, don't forget to review us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. We honestly love hearing from our audience. Okay, so Z, tell us about your first poem. So I wrote this poem because um, we as people always want to tell other people what normal is. You know, um, we always want to put people in a box and try to outcast people if they don't think the way that we do. And uh, me growing up in a very religious family, um, I'm always bombarded with what's normal and what's not. And so I questioned one day myself what is normal and so then you know it just started to come out so i'm excited to see how you spin this and this is actually this was actually the first poem that i've ever performed in public and because it's my shortest one but you know it's it's one of my favorites so what is what is normal what is normal normal is society's lasso that keeps its cattle in line Normal is the artificial voice implanted in your head telling you that you are weird. Normal is the wet blanket thrown over the fire that is our innermost wants and desires. Normal is the mental burqa that we wear because showing too much skin is shameful. Normal is the mother of pressure to get married and also the father of divorce. Normal is that voice screaming at you from a pulpit for living your life on your own terms. Normal is the strainer that we pour our thoughts through that filter out creativity. Normal is a box where society keeps all its expectations, leaving no room for anything that jeopardizes its own existence. So what is normal? Normal is an illusion. Normal is a prison. Be you. Be weird. And be free. So it sounds like we're still talking about that metaphorical box that people are always in. Mm-hmm. I, I really love this normal piece. You know, you're touching on creativity. You're touching on the pressure to get married. You're touching on the father of divorce. <laughs> 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 yeah. Short of a piece, but so fleshy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it has a lot of meat and a lot of heart in it. I don't even know what to ask. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Oh, what is the moment that inspired this piece? What were you looking at? And you said, man, I've got to put this down on paper. Um, um, it probably is just um, the people that I grew up with t- saying that I've changed so much. And um, mm-hmm. calling me weird, okay. you know, you're you're weird now. Why are you so weird now? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if I'm weird, then what am I? What is normal? What am I supposed to be like? Yeah. And then I was, and then I was just asking this question of like, you know, like like the question that you asked me so eloquently. <laughs> um, <laughs> what what is this box? Where do you think the box comes from? And so I'm like, what makes this box? And so that's when I, you know, um, as a poet yourself, you know how it is when that first line comes, then the rest just pours out of you, you know? And so I guess this is just like pent up things that I've always thought about that, you know, just that one question, like, well, well, if I'm weird, then what's normal? And that's, yeah. and then it just comes from that, you know. Those questions are always so difficult to, mm-hmm. you know. I think for the people who ask it, it's sometimes inconsiderate. Like, mm-hmm. why aren't you your old self? Mm-hmm. What is my old self? I, mm-hmm. I go back home to South Africa and I get the question, "You don't sound South African anymore." Mm-hmm. But I'm here, and people say you don't sound mm-hmm. like you're from here. So where do I sound like I'm from? What is my normal self? And when you talk about relationships, you know, people who used to know 
the you back then and the people who know the you now and they say you're not normal anymore are you talking about the fact that you can't take any more from me that you mm -hmm. can abuse me in the way that you want to abuse mm -hmm. me or are we talking about I've grown up and realized that some of these spaces isn't where I'm supposed to be it's not what I'm supposed to be doing you yeah. know it, it's such a difficult relationship to have both with yourself Mm -hmm. by becoming who you want to be and with other people too who still remember the old you and yeah. are like well you're not normal and now you go back home and you carry it with you and you're like uh, yeah yeah exactly know. and those like those people it's almost as if they don't want to give you space to grow you know they want to mm. keep you to that person that you were because they like that person but it's mm. like that's not who I am anymore so mm. you can accept me how I am now mm -hmm. or I mean you can just not be a part of my life anymore you know yeah. and it's hard to try to cut people off and I'm still going through like like I mean I'm not saying like excommunicate them from your lives yeah. but you know just step back a little bit you know yeah. and it's hard for me because me personally um, I grew up with these people and they're like they're like my family yeah. you know and I would do anything for these people mm -hmm. and I still will regardless of what they call me regardless of how they try to take advantage of me or anything like that mm -hmm. I would still be there for those people mm -hmm. but sometimes you can't just keep them in your immediate circle you know what I mean That's like true. when I was in Baltimore like they just keep wanting to drag me to the bar and I'm like yeah. I don't want to go to the bar every night. You know what I mean? And it's like, just that's, that's, that small piece of separation can do a lot, you know, because it's like, that's not who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. You can be that person. That's completely fine. Mm -hmm. Go do what you want. Mm -hmm. That's not me anymore. I'm going to be over here and we can hang out after, you know? Do you think that you've made more solidified relationships in this new you? Because I, I assume you're shedding old friendships and you're walking away okay and you're like it's fine this is who i am if you want to go go ahead and go mm. but at the same time do you think you're more lonelier as a result of those mm. choices or do you think that you've been able to make you know friends and find people with a common goal man you are hitting with the questions <laughs> that is so awesome um wow um, so I'll start with the fact that you kind of have like, like growing up in a, in a type of mentality that I grew up in, in Baltimore where, um, you know, it's like a predatorial environment. So mm -hmm. you always have to have people around you that got your back. And so in that being with these same people for uh, like over a decade, over 15 years, um, you, you have that loyalty in you that you have to be there for these people. Mm -hmm. They've had your back all of this time and you have to be there. Mm -hmm. So I feel like regardless of how much I change, I'll always be there for those people. But, um, you know, you do have to, to, to shed him to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. um, in this new place now, um, I find it, um, until I found this poetry community with you and all of the other people that we do poems with and, 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 and our poetry bodega family, mm -hmm. um, it was really hard for me to find like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And um, especially being here where I'm not from here and I don't know people, it's like extra hard to find like-minded people. So mm -hmm. um, it, was, it, it, it has been more lonely um, but I don't think that is from lack of people like me around. It was just me not being in a space to find these people. Okay. So, um, yeah, but now I feel like, like with you guys and Poetry Bodega and, and, and just going out to these events, I feel more connected and less lonely, not okay. completely you know in in engulfed in the whole world yet okay. you know but less lonely okay you know yeah, so, yeah. there's still, there'll always be that element of loneliness i think mm -hmm. when you choose a different path from especially where you were brought up you mm -hmm. know a lot of links will always be there your school friends mm -hmm. you know your entire family and it it's a difficult choice but i think it's a brave choice to mm -hmm try and 
create a healthier generation because I think and as much as we love where we come from it isn't the most perfect place in the world and I'm not saying where we are is the most perfect place mm-hmm. in the world either but you know you, mm-hmm. you make little spaces make yeah. little pockets yeah. of what feels like home and what feels like family for you and then you run with it yeah that is that's is very yeah very powerful what you just said that's really good <laughs> hanging out with Z from Baltimore. He's on apparently YouTube. You're a YouTuber. Oh yes, I am on YouTube. I dabbled a little bit. You know, <laughs> I do my thing. So how do we find you on YouTube? You're still um, Z from Baltimore? <laughs> yes. You can find me on YouTube at Z from Baltimore. Three, three words. Okay. And mm-hmm. Instagram? On Instagram you can find me at Scorpio King, Scorpio underscore King. Or you can just search Z from Baltimore because I'm going to pop up regardless. (laughs) (laughs) This man, guys, is a plethora of energy and oomph and zest. (laughs) There's so many facets to him that I don't even know what to tap into. I mean, he's Buddhist (laughs) or semi-practicing. I'm just floating around somewhere (laughs) in there, you know, no like labels. No labels. I mean, we can do that. Tell us about your next poem, Black History Month. Okay, so this poem I did write during Black History Month, actually. Um, So this one is really near and dear to my heart. Um, This is one of the first... This is the, actually the first spoken word poem I've ever written. Mm. Um, it's And it came from me, you know, learning my history about who I am and where my people really come from and, you know, the accomplishments that we've had in history and how all of this has been hidden from us for so long. And then you think, well, why has it been hidden from us? You know what I mean? And then I'm going to let you guys, you know, dig into that. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to plant that seed in your mind. Why has this been hidden for so long? Do your research. But um, so that's why I wrote this poem. I really wrote this poem out of frustration because mm. it's like we have such a rich history in mm. the world, but most of us don't even know it. So... That's why I wrote this piece, and I hope you guys like it as much as I do. Well, in ending that, I'll just say knowledge is power, and when you take knowledge away, you take one away. When people think of black, they think the absence of light. When I think of black, I think the presence of might. The presence of plights hidden in plain sight pinned against one another when threatening to unite. When people think of black history, they think of black misery. Trained and chained, stripped of their rights and their names, stripped of culture and heritage, broken up marriages, a people with strength like horses being owned like carriages. When I think of black history, I think of black queens, like Queen Hashitsub in Egypt who's rarely talked about or seen. She was the first queen to ever rule in Kemet who created much prosperity for her people, and yet they only show us Queen Elizabeth and Victoria in schools, teaching us that queens aren't as important if they look just like you. When people think of black men, they think of felons with shivs and prison lunchrooms getting impaled in the ribs, having multiple kids without paying for bottles or bibs, but I think of Mansa Musa, the richest man to ever live, an African king worth more in gold than any tyrant or tycoon that you've ever been told. See, this is the encouragement us young black men need, but his name isn't in any history book you'll ever read. See, they use the media as a weapon to skew your perception, so you think segregation will ensure your protection. The news only shows mugshots of black faces, only report on stories from violent black places. Stories of black excellence are the ones you rarely hear. Successful black careers are the ones that they smear, but our rich black heritage never touches an ear. Why you think Black History Month is the shortest of the year? How can you fit a whole history in 28 days? Most people think our history started with us being slaves, but we influenced human history in so many ways. The Moors alone brought culture to Europe in spades. 
Yeah, they'll admit that racism is part of the system, but when you try to bring it up, they'll say you trying to play victim. But who is it at the end of this character defamation that receives irreparable damage to their reputation? It's the people who are always object of your despise, who hold their heads to the skies when facing repeated demise. So you think you know enough about my people to judge us, I say, think again. You don't know who we are. Hell, we don't even know who we are. Because we've never been taught where we've been. In the next episode, I will be in the hot seat. It is my turn to come clean and naked. <laughs> I'll be sharing my poetry and a story about a recent life purpose redirection. I promise you, it's going to be exciting. This will be in conjunction with a book review. Bristol Attic with Z from Baltimore. Thank you so yeah, much, yeah, guys, yeah, for yeah. tuning in. I mean, have you followed this man? He, he's the whole package. I mean, I'm trying, and please, you know, I gotta give some love to the hostess <laughs> with the mostest, the poetist, Paul, who is awesome over here. Just a natural at it, girl. Do your thing, queen. Do your thing. <laughs> so he's about to share some of his random thoughts with Ooh. us. Yes. So that's just like a short title for it. The full title is Random Thoughts of a Man That Works in Retail. So I have oh, two. Snap. Yeah, I have two jobs. <laughs> One of them is in retail. And um, I, I work with a lot of women, um, mm -hmm. both co-workers and customers. And so being a, one of the few men that work there, you know, you look around and, you know, you have random thoughts. So I thought Appropriate about, random thoughts. Of course. <laughs> of course. All appropriate. All G-rated thoughts. So <laughs> I worry. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. This is a sacred space. We're this trying is, to be holy. We're talking about healing and stuff. So this is not one of those poems. No, we're not going to censor him. If mm. ever it was one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's just, you know, something that, you know, um, I, I feel as though um, if men don't think about this, then they should. You know, it's just it's just a thought that I have. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to spoil it. So, you know, I'm just going to, bam, leave it at that. As I glance over at the woman shopping in the aisle next to me, uh, I can't help but wonder. I wonder if she realizes how beautiful she is. I mean, she has to. She's been this beautiful her whole life, right? I'm sure she hears corny ass pickup lines all the time like, your beauty radiates out like starlight into the heavens and I wish that star would burn off all its fuel, expand it to the cosmos before collapsing in on itself, creating a black hole to disrupt the laws of physics and stop the flow of time so I can just bask in your beauty for a moment. Or, or do you know um, do you know that your face is perfectly symmetrical both horizontally and vertically which scientifically renders you very attractive? Or, or something like... Um, Excuse me, ma'am, but I was so struck by your beauty that I ran into that wall over there, so I'm going to need your name and number for insurance purposes. <laughs> they can't all be winners. But I wonder how many losers she gets. Foolish men so entranced by her goddess-like beauty that they slip into a mythical world where they forget that she is human, a person. Like somehow what she can fit in her genes takes away from the helix in her genes that makes her a complex carbon-based life form capable of feeling. Like the size of her breasts somehow downsizes the level of respect you should put in the words on your breath when you float them in her direction. Like her extra X chromosome makes them forget they have any form of home training when it comes to interacting with other humans. Like they ain't got no mama. I wonder if she feels that her beauty is her worst attribute. As if the universe cursed her with a brilliant light that only attracts mosquitoes looking to feast on her flesh for a second before leaving satisfied as she is left picking at the scabs of parasitic mind states, I wonder. I wonder if she wishes she could strip away her features like Mrs. Potato Head so that her time is not toyed with. So that just for a single rotation of the earth she can exist where her physical appearance isn't made to be her whole world and her time is not a globe that slows to a halt when others place their fingers of entitlement across it, I wonder. 
I wonder if while society sees her beauty as her gift and showers her with praise, if she carries it as a burden, standing in a downpour of empty words as they fill into a pool of shallow thoughts, I, I wonder. And though I wonder, I realize she owes me no explanation. No interview into her inner thoughts, no moment of time to add my compliments to the bag of others that gets increasingly too heavy for her to bear throughout the day. So I just pause and appreciate for a glance the beauty that the universe has allowed me to see through her existence. And I just... I told you guys this man is your go-to multi-intelligent serenades the ladies you know i mean he wrote a love poem to a stranger what more do you guys want uh, i'm blushing <laughs> over here my black cheeks is blushing over here <laughs> was there a particular person at the time or were you just at home thinking about an imaginary customer like did you have a face in mind when you wrote this well i've worked in retail for about five years now mm -hmm. and so i've always just like looked at you know a woman just glanced at a woman and you know just be like wow she is so beautiful like i wonder how bad it sucks to be that beautiful when everyone wants to be in your face and talk to you and just throw compliments at you and just you know always just and seeing you as just this beautiful creature mm. without even trying to really get to know you you know and so um it's just a, a combination of just all of these women and it's not just like random women it's just mm -hmm. women that I know you know like because um, most of my my co-workers are women you know and they're beautiful as well mm -hmm. you know and I talk to them and you know you got customers that come up to them and just always in a face and you want to talk to them and flirt with them and I mean you know do your thing but it's just you know I just wonder I just always wonder like how it can't be all good to look as beautiful as some women are mm. you know and so that's where i came up with that piece from you know i think it's a well composed piece i think on the face front of it it seems to be a piece for the women dedicated mm. to do you know how beautiful you are mm. but it's also an educational piece for men mm. who just look at women at that value and they want to come up and be like oh my goodness you're so beautiful can mm. i get your number and so the women have a man who understands them and mm. the men have a man who can give them the picture mm. of what it may be like so you're teaching it, it's a teachable poem for both sides and I, mm. it's it's well composed oh i didn't look at it that way um thank you for seeing that because <laughs> i didn't even see it myself um but it's like i have the utmost extreme respect for women man i was raised by my mom and my mm. sister and like um i have friends that are not like that and they will yeah. talk to women however they want to and mm. like talk about women however they want to and it's like it's sad really mm -hmm. um to see that and um what i would really want to do is to you know uh sh first off show women that all of us aren't like that okay and then to at least you know show men that it's like you gotta call them out on stuff you know mm -hmm. like like i said like uh, some of these people act like they ain't got no mama like how would you feel if somebody walked up to your mom or your sister or your daughter mm -hmm. talking to them like the way that you do you know mm -hmm. and that's just if you could even think of it in that way you would change all the ways that you talk to women you know and um some people don't see it that way and so that's why i had to put that in there and it's like I, I love women, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I do. And it's like, I just want people to treat women 
better because they deserve better, you know. Mm. And and yeah, that's and, and uh, yeah, that's what I say. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. This wraps up our interview, Z. Thank you for sharing your energy, poetry, and life. Something tells me your voice will make its way to this platform again. Yeah, hopefully. I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. Thank you for having me. I feel honored and it's a privilege to be here such a great host and thank you guys for having me. we're looking forward to hosting you soon any concluding thoughts um i just want to remind people to be human treat people like humans yeah. and black lives matter all the time also, if you're in Hawaii, don't forget to come through to the Open Mic event June 14th, 8 to 11 p.m. at the Good Vibe Center in Chinatown. Z and I are excited to host you. Yes, yeah, my <laughs> first time hosting. It's your first time hosting too, yeah? Yeah, yeah so it's our first time hosting, but I think the show is going to be awesome. It's going to be really good, so come check it out if you're here. All right, that's it, folks. In the meantime, don't forget to tune in to the World Wide Web, searching for the man behind the mic, Z from Baltimore. Yep. Take our website, journeywithmpo.com for a spin, and finally, put stop on Instagram at journeywithmpo. Something tells me there's cool photos from this interview. I love and appreciate you so much. Until next time, continue to seek out and live your truth. Aloha.